And one of the meditations I read each morning, a statement was made that the historically dominant religions of Western culture, uh, the, the historically dominant religion of Western culture, has far too easily called individual private behaviors sins while usually ignoring and even supporting structural and systemic evils such as war, colonization, corporate greed, slavery, and abuse of the earth. All of the seven capital sins were admired at the corporate level and shamed at the individual level. This left us utterly split in our Morality, dealing with symptoms instead of causes, shaming people while glorifying systems that were themselves selfish, greedy, lustful, ambitious, lazy, prideful, and deceitful. Uh, we, we can't have it both ways. Evil lurks powerfully in the shadows, and our conscious complicity with systems that serve us at others' expense. It has created worldviews of entitlement and privilege, that were largely unrecognized until rather recently. Our contemplative, non-dual consciousness is capable of seeing things like this without also being negative or self-righteous. Now, as fond as I am of talking about non-duality, I'm not going to follow that rabbit today. Um, What I wanted to look at is part of today's focus on our world religion uh, theme is the idea of morality. Now, that's something we don't talk about a lot in Unitarian Universalist churches. Um, At least... If we talk about things being immoral, usually it's, be, it's in relevance to the uh, pain that it imposes on something outside of us. Um, suffering in some way on those that are less powerful or with less influence, access, or resources. And if we consider the behavior of individuals immoral, it usually falls into that same kind of a category. We've spent decades trying to empower individuals to help them see and accept their inherent worth and dignity. And to, as Joseph Campbell instructed, Joseph Campbell was mentioned in our class this morning, he's the one that said, follow your bliss. Um, and it became a catchphrase you know, around the country, if not around the world, on the heels of that. So we did this whole trying to empower people, trying to help them see that whatever failings and shame and guilt they might be carrying, they're good. That our essence at the core is good. Our inherent worth and dignity is not something we can lose. And we did the whole self-actualization thing, you know. And the, but what we did with the idea of follow your bliss was kind of a, a self-indulgence. It's like, if it makes me happy, it must be good. 
And that wasn't what it was talking about. I grew up, as many of you know, in a very conservative system and tradition whose values on some certain points became irreconcilable with my own. And I had to leave the tradition for that reason. It sent me on a long search. Um, in deciding to stand on my own values as well as claim my own worth and dignity, I started on a journey that led me to cast aside moderation. I was guilty of all this self-indulgence. It's like that. what I was taught was wrong. I don't have to listen to it anymore. Um, so on a lot of levels, I was self-indulgent. I found myself throwing away other qualities and behaviors that no doubt would have been far more honorable and virtuous. But one of our historically most notable Unitarian theologians, William Ellery Channing, would tell us that all that self-indulgence moves one away from the virtuous character that actually gives us the bliss that Joseph Campbell was talking about. In Buddhism, the practices and principles are for the purpose of bringing one into a moral living because when we do that, the noise and the chaos inside of us that takes us out of our calmness and bliss quiets. We become more capable of the meditation that takes us to enlightenment in, in those practices and systems. And we tend to think about the things that are easy for us to incorporate and not look at the things that are difficult. But Buddhism is built very soundly on principles of pretty narrow sense of morality. I mean, they talk about the whole eightfold path is about right this and right that. It's about right view, right intention, right speech, right actions, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. That's the Eightfold Path. We can talk about the Four Noble Truths. There's suffering in the world. Suffering exists because of clinging and desire. There is something that can relieve that suffering, and that suffering is the Eightfold Path. The Four Noble Truths. But the Eightfold Path is all about being in alignment with a, with a very narrow view of what's right. It's not, it's not viewed from what's wrong the way that we do in some of our Western traditions. But because of the things that are wholesome for us, make us healthier for everybody around us, our influence in the world, the way that we carry peace, the effectiveness of our actions are predicated on our spiritual condition. In Buddhism, just like Unitarian Universalism, just like in Christianity. 
And we can think that the narrow path is a Western thing because of the way we think about the narrow path. But those traditions, as freeing as they are, and as open as they are, and, and as inclusive as they are, call us to our best selves. The Four Noble Truths basically boil down to that phenomena of all sorts are impermanent, and because they're impermanent, they're unsatisfactory, they leave us wanting more. Um, and the craving keeps us from being satisfied with life, with this moment, with what we have right now, what we are right now. And the letting go of what we want and being in this moment is where they would take us. But the narrowness, like right view, directs us. I'm, I'm taking a lot of this material from a Buddhist teacher named Menda Lee Kumar. Uh, she said that right view directs us toward wholesome actions, peace, and liberation. But she wanted to do another book <laughs> on right view. She also wanted to do another book on meditation. But out of the Eightfold Path, two are focused on wisdom. Three are focused on morality. And three are focused on meditation. But the two that are focused on wisdom usually are understood as the first of them, the right view, as being something that comes out of the practices of the others. The right uh, morality, the right uh, speech, actions, and livelihood prepare you for being able to meditate and meditation deep, uh, disciplined, regular meditation carries you to a right view. So um, I want to I say a little bit about these individual things, like right speech is not lying, not slandering, not speaking divisively, abusively, or harshly, and no gossiping. Sounds kind of like thou shalt not bear false witness, right? A little bit. Um, that which is one of the Ten Commandments in the Jewish and Christian traditions, for those who are unfamiliar with that. Right actions are avoiding killing, and they take that down to ants. You know, and there are things that are unavoidable as you move through the world, but you're always uh, um, trying to take responsibility for that. No spiders, no wasps. We would have swarms in this sanctuary and have to move. We would have to give up the sanctuary. For those of you who have been here through honey season. And, um, so avoid killing, stealing, and sexual misconduct. 
those sound like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or goods. Uh, so uh, virtuous actions are motivated, all virtuous actions are motivated by compassion, kindness, and generosity. We're to train our mind toward these behaviors Every being, uh, the, the, she likes to think of it as she moves through the world, is that every being has somewhere along the way been a mother or a father. So if she encounters an aunt, she goes, hi, mom. You know, or a clerk in a store or whatever she encounters, she greets it with something that reminds her of the value of this life. Um, so we, we've got all these things as part of the Buddhist tradition that we don't usually think of as part of the Buddhist tradition, but basically it's the Ten Commandments. You know, the idea that you're supposed to have right view and right intention is all about, you know, putting what is superlative before us. And the idea of no other gods before our interior spiritual condition, you know, money and materialism have absolutely become Western gods. That's what most of our culture serves. That's what the television, every time we turn it on, is about. Every one of those stations has to make money to stay on the air, even LPB. All of those interactions give us more information, but they also encourage us out of right where we are. They encourage us to compare ourselves with all of these things that mostly have been fabricated. People I know that are 80 that don't have a wrinkle, something's wrong with that. <laughs> there is something wrong with that picture. It's just... I say women over 50 that don't have thighs have been cheating too, but... Um, Right livelihood in Buddhism is uh, there are like five areas of work that the Buddha explicitly said to avoid. One was in anything involved with weapons. One was anything involved with uh, like human beings, slavery, prostitution, Things, anything that diminishes humans. One was anything involving meats. No butchers or slaughterhouses. Well, you could deal with cattle, but not if it was being prepared, you know, raised for food. You could deal with chickens for the eggs, maybe, but not the... Tyson. 
The f- one was anything having to do with intoxicants. So my whole life as a musician, I was out of Buddhist, you know, <laughs> approval. Everything I did was trying to encourage other people to party. Not to mention myself. And the fifth one is poisons, anything that is poison. Now, I would think that we are finding out more and more and more how many things are poison. And as we get new information about it. So all of these things would be forbidden under, under a Buddhist tradition. So it's very narrow, again. And the intention always is to move us towards more compassion and to make sure that our actions don't harm others. When we move into the uh, Eightfold Path aspects that have to do with meditation, the first one is right effort. And right effort is to prevent negative mental states from arising in our minds. Everything you think when you turn on a news channel, you're supposed to be trying to avoid it. And I know that's not accurate. Pretty close. Um, effort to abandon any negative states that arise. So if you have negative thoughts, the first thing you're supposed to do is make an effort to, to make it become positive. The effort to cultivate positive mental states So not only are we avoiding negative mental states, trying to abandon them when they arise, we're also trying to cultivate, trying, making an effort to cultivate positive states. And then the fourth right effort is to maintain those positive states, make the effort to maintain those positive states once they have arisen. That's what right effort is understood to be. So if we dig down into this tradition, there's a whole lot of responsibility. When we study traditions from other cultures, we are really comfortable sometimes taking what we collect on the surface and trying to hold that against what our experiences have been of other traditions things that we know a whole lot more about. You know, those, those ideas that familiarity breeds contempt. Um, the longer we and better we know something, the more of its flaws we can see, right? Anyway, the moral that I bring this morning about morality. Is that if we let ourselves off, or treat the responsibility of our inner condition and our character, our honorability, 
as we move through the world and what we, myself that's watching, knows me to be, if we let that off, then we're diffusing what we can be. We don't need to beat ourselves up because we are all we need to be, but who we think we are is layers between us and that. And doing the things that relieve us of that guilt, relieve us of that shame, relieve us um, may very well be some of the morality that we tried to shed before. If they told me not to do it, I did it. Growing up, my mother said that to everybody. If you want Barbara to do something, tell her not to. I still have an instinct that way. My impulses are to resist what I'm told. To be teachable and to learn my flaws the right effort is going to be really important. And trying to narrow my own path so I respect me more will make me a better person in the world around me. That's it. <laughs>